You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Maria JD. I'm your host. And if you're listening to this episode on the week of 20th of January, we're still running a likeness week at Art Heroes. And you can access a bunch of great free workshops. And to do that, just head over to the show notes or just check out the video description or just go to www.artheroes.com co to get access to free likeness workshops and uh, push your likeness skills to the next level. And now I'm happy to introduce our guest for this week. He's got a really amazing story because he's a basketball player who returned to art and made an amazing career with that. So guys, please meet Leon Gittens and in our conversation we're gonna talk about ultimate side hustles for a digital artist and literally go through a very extensive list. I had no idea you could do all of this. So thanks so much, Leon, for sharing. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right, Leon, we're now live. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, really humbled to have you on Art Heroes podcast. Thanks so much for coming. I appreciate the invite. I'm very excited to, you know, get to meet you, chat with you and just talk up. Sure. Uh, let's get into it. Well, Leon, actually, uh, the way I would normally start is uh, the intros. So mm-hmm. do you mind just, you know, uh, sharing your story with your own words a little bit? Yeah. So um, my name is Leon Gittens. I am a character animator by day. Um, I've been in the industry about mm, 20, 20 years now. But um, I'm from the UK and I actually uh, started off um, as a basketball player. Like that was what I did. That's how I came to the States. So I played, I played basketball in England. I played, you know, uh, semi-pro, pro, played for England and then ended up coming to America to play college basketball. And um, as you do, uh, I went straight into arts. I, I kind of got tired of, uh, of basketball and when it became a... It became more of a job when I came to the States that it was fun, um, but I was always into art anyway. And so even when I was playing basketball, I was taking art classes on the side. And and back then, most schools or college schools that had any basketball program did not have a art program. Like those two things didn't mix. A- athlete and artists were not a thing. Yeah. You just did kind of thing. And it's funny now, every school has some kind of art program now, but back then it didn't exist. So um, after like a part of basketball, I went into um, illustration and kind of started teaching myself how to use Photoshop, how to um, how to use Painter, if that still exists, and a few other programs. And uh, and, you know, and, and you know, eventually I just got back into what I loved, which was art. And then I remember um, going to a school um, called Cal State Dominguez, and the teacher there told me, "He's like, yeah, you're too advanced for this." Uh, for this course, you need to go to another school. So I started looking around for different schools and one school I looked at was uh, uh, Long Beach. They had like this, you know, really good like illustration program at the time. 
but it was like a three-year waiting list. And I was just like, I don't have three years <laughs> to wait. Um, yeah, so then someone told me about another school, and then, which is the Art Institute, and ended up going there. And then from there, um, I got introduced to animation. Um, now, when I was younger, I was, I loved animation. Um, you know, two of the films that inspired me were Kira um, Kurosawa's, um, not Kira Kurosawa, I love Kira Kurosawa, great director. The movie Akira uh, was one movie that I saw and I thought was amazing. And then Ralph Bakhtiv, um, um, Fritz the Cat and um, Lord of the Rings. I just remember watching that movie and I was like, oh, this is weird and it's scary, but I liked it. But I didn't know what it was. And so then fast forward to when I came to the States, um, I went to that school. Uh, I One of the teachers was a Disney animator named Bill Racinos. And, you know, I started, you know, taking 2D animation classes and I just loved it. And then I kind of pursued it. Um, but as um, time would have it, 2D was kind of phasing out and CG was coming a thing. And at that time, I was just like a, a good student. So I was like, whatever class I took, I was going to like do well at it. So accidentally, I kind of just got into CG animation, even though I loved 2D. I was just like, oh, I'm taking a CG class, so I have to make sure I keep my grades up. And so I just continued, you know, working on becoming a CG animator. And before I knew it, I was CG animator. Um, not that easy, obviously, but like I was, you know, learning CG animation, enjoying it, watching movies and all the other fun stuff. But um, I quickly realized that I wasn't good enough when I oh, went no. to a, I went to a Pixar, um, and so in LA, they have this, it's like the film academy, they have these um, seminars. And I remember Pixar was coming and they were talking about um, Incredible at the time, as I believe, and Brad Bird was there and all the, you know, big superstar animators. And, you know, they were talking about demo reels and they, they put on the screen what a demo reel should look like. And at the time I was working on a short film, terrible short film. Um, I put a whole bunch of work into it and I was a few months from graduating and I went to this, this seminar and this talk and he put up on the screen, this is what a demo reel should look like. And I was like, my demo reel doesn't look like that. And I'm like, <laughs> so in a, this is a bad idea, in a month, I tried to make a demo reel that mimics what they showed on that screen. In a month, so no sleep, tried to put together this reel and I made it even worse. But um, so I went through that experience because uh, I quickly understood like where I was as an artist and an animator in this industry. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get a job. And I've got a month left to graduate. Uh, what am I going to do? So uh, after graduation, um, obviously, I didn't get any real uh, callbacks or anything like that. Like we had like a whole demo reel show and people come and look at your work. And I think back then people were more polite. They were like, oh yes, you know, a nice cute reel, but they were just being nice. They were never going to call me back. That kind of thing, I was very like, I understood that. So once I, you know, I knew I was in trouble, I, um, again, I'm out of school. So now I'm just trying to pick up freelance gigs here and there. I'm still trying to learn how to animate. Um, I'm, you know, still looking for work, but like for eight months, I didn't get a job in the industry. I was just at home working on stuff, talking to friends. And then this, this whole online school started to become a thing. And back then, you know, all the traditional teachers were like, you can't learn animation on school that's silly, it would never work. Like, there was a real pushback against animation schools online. And then fast forward, I took Animation Mentor online. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. 
because from there, um, after I did, I think it was like a 14 month intense animation course, I got my first real feature animation gig, which was at um, Rhythm and Hughes. So I oh. landed a job at Rhythm and Hughes, and then right from there, things started to pick up. You know, I, I did the whole nomad style, bouncing around from, from Rhythm and Hughes to Dallas, to Toronto, um, up to LA, you know, Sony Imageworks. Yeah, I did the whole thing for like two, two to three years, bouncing around doing commercials and movies. Um, and then also on the side, I'm still drawing. I mean, you know, because I still like 2D. So I still like had, you know, these ideas of making my own TV shows and comics. So I'm, um, you know, doing animation. I'm drawing my illustrations, drawing my characters, still, you know, trying to be part of the art and animation community together and just learning as we go along. Um, and then I remember um, video games was something I was never, didn't even think about. Was the the end goal was always gotta work for feature film. That's like the yeah you know, yeah the yeah big, the big show like the big show is to work for you know Disney, Blue Star, Pixar, you know Sony, any of those things. So that was like always the goal. And like some of the reason games had like a bad rap. Um, I can't understand why, but it was like just the quality at the time didn't match up. It's like you know because you spend weeks on a shot in feature animation versus you know on uh, in a game. Um, so continue on, I uh, I came to a crossroads where I had to make a decision if I was going to go to work in Toronto again or Canada or stay in LA. And at the time I had, you know, just had my second child. Well, I had my second child. My wife at the time had the, had the second child. So I was like, I had to make a decision if I was going to move my family over there or, you know, stay here. And then a friend calls me and he's like, hey, um, you want to come work in games? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm not really doing anything right now. I'm like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, because uh, at the time I was still in limbo of what I was going to do next. And then um, I ended up working at um, Insomniac Games on the game um, Sunset Overdrive. And um, I had a great experience. It was like, oh, games is fun. Like, it, it was a fun experience. Animation quality was high. Um, so I said, oh, if I ever worked in games again, I would definitely work in Insomniac Games again. So I was there for a year and then I left there and ended up going back into a feature. I think I went to Toronto working at Toonbox on the nut job, I think it was. And then uh, real effects on um, Rock Dog, I believe. Mm-hmm. It all burst. And then um, I got a, you know, years go by and then I get a call from the director from Insomniac and he was like, hey, we'd love to have you back. Um, are you free? And I was like, sure. And then I came back to Insomniac Games. I've been there six years. And so in that time, as an animator, I also had, like I said, my personal projects, which my passion is, you know, doing illustration and, you know, making my own characters. So um, even then in LA, there's like different art shows. So I was doing a lot of art shows. Um, one, one in particular called The Hive, which is in downtown LA, where they have themed um, art shows. So one day it could be, you know, zombie clowns another day it could hey. be some some kind of erotica thing. yeah some kind of it could be like some horror so it's just different themes and every month you would just put with illustration and then put it on display and i remember my first time i ever did a show it was amazing i sold like six pieces and i was like oh this is amazing like, i didn't think anyone's gonna buy any of my stuff so it's funny like that to know that somebody has some of my art 
somewhere. I'm, I have no idea who brought it. Like, that's the weird thing. Like, you have no idea who buys your art, but you come back and you see a red dot on your artwork. And it's like, you're never going to see this again. It's going home with somebody. So that was an interesting feeling to experience that. I was, I was like, that was fun. So I kind of like continued doing that for a while. And then from there, I would start to get involved in different book projects and like collaborations with different friends. So I got involved in doing a few of those, which is even to recent, the, um, the Art of Change one, which I'm a part of right now which I'm not sure if you want too much about, but we just got funded. Which yes, of course, that's how I know you. <laughs> and and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think it was gonna happen. <laughs> like, because like, I don't know much about how Kickstarter and how these things work. And I remember looking at the number like four days from the deadline and it was, didn't look like anybody like it was gonna make it. And then before you know it, it just made it. But it was just amazing to be working with artists that you either looked up to or you know of and you're like oh, I'm doing a art piece with these famous artists kind of thing so that was you know really amazing um about the same token it's like I keep extremely busy like to a point we talked earlier about how do I uh how do I manage my time right one is I don't, one is I don't sleep which is not good advice no, 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 it's definitely not. I've seen, it's yeah. Not, it's, it's like every year I tell myself, I'm going to go to bed at least 10 o'clock twice a week, like to get better sleeping habits. But then I just get excited about something and I just like, if I get an idea, I, I just get up and I just start drawing or writing it down or figuring out how I'm going to do it or researching. But um, this one in particular, when I got approached about being part of the art of change, it was different because like this is kind of kind of big like everything's big when you're talking about art and you know and creating but something about this I was like man this is like with everything going on this is you know something special yeah and you know Lauren and Dale I've known them for a while and you know they reached out to me and I was like yeah I'm definitely want to be you know be a part of this mm-hmm. and then when mm-hmm. I when I said yes I was like oh crap when I saw like the list of all the people I was like oh boy like these are like real big artists and I'm like so then that like put more pressure which I work good on the pressure but it was like a lot of pressure like to like yeah I gotta make sure my work stands up to you know everybody else's yeah for sure um you know one thing that uh really catches my attention I really want to explore that more is all the you know the side gigs I know you do pretty amazing amazing stuff at work but you know it's uh i guess we can speak about that later but uh about your side gigs i don't uh-huh. think i know that many artists that have a bunch of like such a variety of things like like yourself so uh from all the gigs and like side projects that you do uh-huh. um is it mostly to learn to gain exposure or it's like or they're profitable as well so how does it work most of it, honestly, is I'm always thinking of exposure and um, opportunities. Okay. And that's always like, I try not to say no to a lot of things, even though I should start saying no a little bit more because obviously there's only a certain amount of times in a day. But I know I think I think I picked that up early on from either my parents and the mentor. So, you know, my parents always push me to be like, you know, go for you know do what you want to do you know try you know try everything that's one thing and then for my mentor they always say that you never know what project is going to lead you where like you never know like 
Like you may think this one project might be great and it could be terrible. You may think one project may be terrible and it may lead to something else. So a lot of times when I take stuff or you know hear like listen to pitches, whatever maybe, it's always about like you know the opportunity of working with a certain individual or doing something I've never done before. Like again with what with with this art of change thing, like I've never worked with such talented artists. Where will I stand in this? And it kind of reminds me like even working in, in animation, when you're working animation, you're working on sequence of shots and you, you always have an animator before you an animator after you. And you want to make sure that your work is as good as the person before you and <laughs> as good as the person after you. So it's the same thing with when I take these projects, I'm like, okay, I'm taking a project which, which is big or a side gig and it's a great opportunity, don't ruin it. So it's like, it's kind of like a, I'm a kind of a, uh, what's the word, like a daredevil where I like to put myself in, I guess, awkward situations or different situations and then see how I, see how I, um, see how I do. Like one of my friends called me an extremist because I do like, I do that with everything. Like, cause I'm, a, I'm also like a climber. I do roller skate. I used to do parkour. So I, I, I do a lot of like things that are thrills, I guess. So taking some of these gigs is kind of in that same context where, okay, there's an opportunity. I work with some, some I've never done before or with people I've never worked with before. What can I produce? Like, what art can I, what yeah. would it bring out of me, really wise? And even with the art of change, when I first, when I did my first rough, I did my first rough and we all told our roughs. And the minute I saw everybody else's, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. Like, I'm wow. changing this right away. Like, yeah, of course. As as, I was like, oh, absolutely not. We're going back to the drawing board. And which is good, like, because it kind of keeps you in check. And it also, it pushes you. There's nothing like being in a creative space with other artists, like there's something about the energy or what it brings out of you. And that's something I've learned about myself very early on. Like I've been, I've been able to produce work that I don't think I wouldn't ever have done if I was just sitting by myself per se, like working with other people kind of has brought out like different ideas or things I may not have thought about. So that's when I'm taking these gigs, that's your question. It's definitely to her exposure and I learn things. Like I learn things from the different artists around them, their ideas and how they see things. And then what I'm doing, I'm trying to show them how I see things. Because a lot of times, me being from the UK too, I have a different outlook on things versus, you know, a lot of the other artists who are usually from America or yeah. other parts of the world. So, I mean, that's one thing I would definitely tell um, anybody, like try and tell the story how you see it from your perspective. Because you have a very different perspective than anybody else. So you have a different life path or different experiences. So um, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I mean, there's like, I I do believe in all the synergies. I think it Mm -hmm. it definitely pushes you further, like just in sometimes in a very weird and unexpected way. Yes. You just can't even think of. Yeah, for sure. So um, can you give me like, I don't know, I'm I'm now curious, a couple of more examples of your just like uh, side projects that uh, that uh, you worked on. We've spoken about the book, uh, the mm-hmm. Kickstarter project of the book. We've spoken about art shows that I also think a bit crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yes, so what yeah. else is there? Uh, open the Pandora yeah. box for me. Uh, another one is if you look behind me you see that t-shirt yeah i see the there. t-shirt of course so this is um a- another endeavor i've always been interested in t-shirt designs but i've never liked the idea of getting involved in doing t-shirts because it just seems like a lot of work a lot of losing money and it just it was, it was something i didn't want to get involved with this thing time consuming and then you know when this pandemic happened i 
actually what actually happened was I got uh, permission to do a t-shirt. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I can do the t-shirt, give it away, and I haven't got to worry about the printing and the process. They just do it. So I did my first one. It, it, it was fun. It was fine. They loved it. It went on. I, do, I got permission to do a second one. So I'm doing the t-shirt, and I come up with this idea, and I posted it on Instagram. And everybody was going crazy, like, oh, this is a great design. I want to I wanna buy a t-shirt. And I was like, hold on. If I t-shirt to this person they're gonna make all this money off my design and i was like huh probably not so i redesigned i did a different design for the client and then kept that design because people loved it so much and then i elaborated on it like which is where i added like the afro comb so i ended up doing a whole series of these different uh, illustrations like this of you know women and men with afros in an afro comb and then my parents was like you know what you just you finally start a family business. Like, you're an artist, make t-shirts. And I was like, okay, mom and dad, let's do it. So then now I'm doing, trying to start my own t-shirt company and, and, and brand. So this is another gig, another thing endeavor. Amazing. And uh, I've, a lot of, so that's like the sample um, that um, came out, it came out really nice. So now I'm in the process of like doing little notes and fixes and getting it all together. And then I got to send them off. You know, get all the t-shirts, get them printed. Uh, long, it's been a long process because of you know COVID. It's kind of stopped a lot of yeah, production yeah. and stuff. But um, again, I was able to prove to myself that I can do it, and I of and course. people do like it. So uh, yeah, that's another, that's that's another um, side gig. And the ultimate side gig, which um, could be career changing, is uh, I'm creating my own TV show. So that's another. Uh, man really okay <laughs> so i've uh i've just finished writing my second script um and i'm in the process of doing notes and getting together like a pitch file and a pitch deck which this is something different for me where i'm still like you know doing the rough illustrations for what my characters look like but what i'm doing instead is like there are people way better than me at character design so i'm going to use them to design my characters and to, you know do my vision um, and that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been working with like other talented artists, you know, um, to design, kind of design my character, which has been fun. Like seeing someone uh, create your world in their art style is freaking amazing. And like, very excited for like what I've been doing so far. Um, but yeah, that's one of my other. Um, so, ideas. but for uh, this one, I guess, uh, I mean, this sounds absolutely insane. Like, uh, sounds like a, <laughs> like, you know, like a massive project and, uh, yeah. And I'm sure it also requires a bunch of collaborations and synergies and mm -hmm. things like that. Well, uh, it's funny with, with writing, it's, it's you and your imagination. So I'm just right. sitting down writing how I see a world, putting it on paper, having actors read it listen to it, hearing the voices, do they sound, do these characters sound real, and then visualize how the animation will look and the world. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's is interesting. It a, is it a show for kids or uh, for like- adults? I would say, I, I want to say kids to teens kind of thing. So, okay. you know, think, uh, think, you know, Avatar, Last Airbender, Naruto, Voltron, that kind of genre of fantasy and action. Uh, so yeah. So it's like uh, heavily stylized. Yes, heavily stylized, and, and one of the things about my show is because uh, again, when I first got interested in art many moons ago, uh, 
one of the things I realized, even at a young age, was like I didn't ever see um, black cartoon characters or heroes. And there weren't any. And then even now, like this is when I was like 10 years old, and even now I'm 42, I barely still see any. Like, yeah, you said it. I barely remember. I just remember a couple of, you know, like typical, I guess, uh, Disney cartoons that everyone will think of that, you know, yes. like just, but just like as a showcase that yeah. okay, we have that in our like. <laughs> yeah. And even now when I was, when I, when I'm doing like my pitch vibe or, or my getting ready to pitch, that's one of the things I did. I sat back and like try to research, okay, what superhero cartoon series exists? like today or in the last 10 years and barely found any there's like static shock is one but that's like almost 12 years ago um but as far as like superhero other than like you know black panther cartoon tv series i couldn't find any and so that's kind of what my that's kind of what i'm trying to fill that void is like i want to create a show where it's based in africa it's based you know on african folklore and having you know having it be normal to see black characters and superheroes and let it just be normal it's like let it be a great story that happens to have black characters in and that's kind of like one of my life goals now is to like you know create something that my kids can watch and then everybody can watch and I can go to comic con when that ever happens again and see people dressed up in you know my characters and, and that kind of stuff so that's kind of like a like an ultimate life goal now these days Wow, amazing. So this is uh, uh, this is a TV show with the multiple like episodes and stuff like that. Yes. And just like yeah, ongoing story. Yes, yes. Amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, so basically you're also like you're trying yourself as a writer, I guess, more than an animator Which, in this case. Yes, and that this, again, this happened only a year ago. Things have moved very fast. Um, you know, I was... You know, I was working on, you know, one of the animation projects and I saw, you know, how amazing the project did. And I was sitting back and I was like, yeah, this project did well, but I'm still just a little cog in the machine. And, you know, it's one of the things I was like, if I lost my job today, I've still got to go buy for a job, do a demo reel, all this other stuff, while this entity still continues to live on past me. And I was like, you know, I want to create something that I that can live beyond me and I can be proud of and say that like this is my creation that I'm giving to the world. So um, that's where that came from. So then one of my friends was like, you should take a writing class, you know, and, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try that. And I tried it and I loved it. And I was like, actually, people liked my ideas. And I was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe I have something. And then I continued on and luckily I started to meet the right people who are helping me and pushing me in the right direction. And so that- Wow. So, yeah. So if that goes well, do you think you will be animating this too? Or there'll be like more people? Um, I think that if it, if it goes through, I'm, I want to take the more of a director, writer, yeah. uh, runner type um, aspects or um, position and get people who are like way better than me. Because animation and art industry is become full of so many talent. It's ridiculous how many people are out there that is amazing and I'm just seeing all these younger younger talents come out and I definitely and they have you know they're more in touch with what's going on with like today's world as far as like styles and what's hip and what's not so it's interesting just to see their language their creative language versus 
what I learned or where I came from and then just seeing that and then bringing those kind of artists you know to work on my show is kind of where I'm at right yeah yeah I agree with you it's like you know there's uh I think it's always kind of across generations that has been Mm -hmm. like this when the next ones are just overgrowing the parents just totally fair yeah (laughs) maybe maybe just this time it's a bit faster (laughs) yes it's very fast I'm like I think I'm just like I'm getting out before I get kicked out I think that's what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you feel also, you know, the uh, a little bit of competition on your like kind of a day job? Do you um, do you notice that there are younger artists like coming in the industry all, as oh, well? Yeah, yeah like I, I, I mean, even when when people submit reels and you look at it and you see them and you're like, wow, this guy is amazing. And, but I never look at it as like, Competition per se, I just look at it as if, if this individual has a different language than I do. Right. They're coming you know, you know, expressing their creative language. And I look at that and I learn from that. I'm like, because there's nothing wrong from learning from younger no, talents no, or older talents. So I think you can get lost if you pick everything as a competition. I mean, some people do that and, it, and it, I can see how it's healthy. I, I'm just trying to learn from everybody. Like, like I'm, I'm no, I'm not um, delusional of where I am as an animator or an artist. Like, right. I know there's people way better than me. I know there's people not as good as me. I know there's people that are just as good as me. I can learn from all of them to, you know, help me continue on my path where I'm, where I'm trying to go. Right. And for me, that's what's important to me is like, am I still learning? Because if, if you're not learning anymore, then I'm not sure. To me, I'm not sure what the point is, I guess. Right. And what's yeah. your favorite way to learn? Me, uh, so one thing I used to always do is, I don't do it as much, but I just watch animated, like go to Vimeo and then just watch animated shorts or animated reels or shots or whatever is like out there. So I used to enjoy watching a lot of like animated short films. So I would literally just go to Vimeo and just type in short films or go to one of these like animation blogs and then like just see what's been posted or nowadays it's Twitter and and just you know look at you know old animation shots or new animation reels and see what's kind of like out there. So that was one thing that would help me learn. I would just see like, oh that's an interesting thought. Oh, you know, that was an interesting idea, interesting emotional, interesting technique that they did. And then all and then after that it's like just looking at illustrations or artwork. Like Instagram is like full of so many artists and then there's like uh now it's, uh, it's called art station which is where yeah. the most or artists post their work uh sometimes I'll go there looking at stuff or not now but you know going to like ctn or some of these art shows like the lightbox i think it's yeah. called was it like yeah, lightbox knows? expo yeah expo like that that's kind of where i found one of the artists for my um show like i was looking around i saw the, this artist, I'm like, oh, this artist would kind of fit, you know, the style of my show type thing. So it's like just doing that and just being around just the energy of different artists, I, I'm always learning that way too, just looking to see wow. new art ideas. And what's the, you know, I always like asking that because, uh, uh, again, like I'm sure there is more to that Pandora box. What's the most exciting project for you uh, that you've worked at? I think now it's, it's currently 
the stone runner, like that I'm creating my own trail. Like that's what I never imagined when I first started writing that I would actually create a full world with characters that people are beginning to love and they actually they're actually becoming alive. So right right now that's kind of been um I think my most exciting right now is that I'm actually creating something that's mine from the ground up and it's actually breathing. So yeah, I think that would, I mean, second to that would have been, um, would have been uh, Ratchet and Clank, um, which is the game coming out next year. Um, I, you know, got to animate on that. Um, and then prior to that, what was the fun thing? That I was, oh, the Art of Change book actually, like being part of that, honestly. And then, you know, waking up, was it like Wednesday and getting an email saying it was funded? I was like, wow. And I was taken away. I was like, wow, this is really happening. Um, so, yeah. How amazing. I really, I really love the fact that, you know, almost all of your most exciting projects are your side projects. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's yours. It's like, it's, Life it's, is it's, ironic. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's so funny. Like you, like you go through these phases, like, You're like a student then you're like you want to work at this big studio and then you go through that and then you're like you do it for a certain amount of years and then you start, you pick up this knife you're like wait i want to make my own stuff and then you start creating your own stuff you're like wow i can do this and like it's, it's just a continuing journey and you know everybody takes a different path or a different road and um yeah it's um yeah i mean i never thought the the kid who drew a cow in a grid is now writing a TV show. Exactly, so. right? <laughs> I love that. It's just, uh, I guess, it's like you said, it's a continuous rediscovery of yourself and uh, just uh, trying different roles. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, like uh, also, I guess it's not the initial idea of our ideal career that we put in our heads. Yeah. It's, that is like, it's, that it's is funny. the thing that's going to make me happy. Nope. Yeah, yeah. like that's, that, that's one thing. And you can't really... You can tell someone that, but it's something you won't know until you go through it. Like, no matter how many times you tell a younger artist, you know, your dream job might not be your dream job. They don't know that yet because they haven't been through their journey. And, like, once you've been through your journey, you kind of start to understand what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and your experience kind of shape you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, would you say that uh, you still, like enjoy your, you know, day-to-day -day as an animator the same way you did when you started? I would say. Or I by now, a, it's more of well, a, just a job. It has ups and downs. So there's some But, days where it's like, this is amazing. And like, you know, it's a new challenge and you, and, and, and you tackle it like it was like the first day you started animating. And there's other days where it's like, oh, it is a job. You have to remember, you've still got to get your deadlines done. You, you've still got to like sacrifice you know, your quality because, you know, you've got to make a quota per se. And, you know, that just, that just comes with the territory, like depending on what project you want and deadlines and budgets and stuff. So it's like, it's a, it's a roller coaster. Like it really right. is like there's some days where it's going to be like, this is great. This is like, you know, the good old day and the other days where it's like, oh, this is a grind. And I have to figure out how to problem solve this issue and get through it and then move on to the next day type deal. Yeah, and it's, for again, sure. it's, 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 it's the, the life of an artist. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And it, it's it's like no matter what type of artist you are, like we all still have to, I guess, like pay the bills, right? Yeah, definitely. So that is that uh, uh, about it as well. So then, yeah, yeah whatever the managers the says, <laughs> the art director. Yeah, like I always say, uh, unfortunately, passion is not a currency. It doesn't pay the bills. That's a great, great <laughs> quote. Yes. <laughs> Like it's, it's just it's just the truth. Like we're yeah. all passionate about what we do. We love it, but just yeah. It's, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that a bunch of people that are listening to the show right now are scratching their heads, uh, trying to figure out where do you get ideas or people to find these side projects that can keep you motivated and that can just, you know, like spark creativity and just, you know, reshuffle your routine a little bit. So do you have any tip on that? Interesting you asked that because especially like last year, was a tough year for probably most creatives because the way I found my ideas, so I uh, work, my studio is like 16 miles away. And so what I would do, I would ride my bicycle to work. Like that was kind of like how I got to work. Right, ride my bike back and forth. And in doing so, it would allow me to like go through the city, hear the city, see things, see murals, see artwork, see commercials, see people interacting. That's kind of where I would get my ideas. Like seeing like a you know a graffiti on a on a wall sometimes I would see like a character within that so I would like get ideas just being interactive around people whether it's around my co-workers or again just traveling on the train sometimes hearing people speak like that's kind of where sometimes I would just get my ideas so then when all that came to a stop and I was just stuck in this room for more months it was very hard to come up with ideas. I remember the first couple of months I struggled, but then after what I started doing with them, more reading, I started like either reading more scripts, looking at a lot of my art books, like the art of, you know, Avatar, the art of, you know, how you chance to meet, but all these art books that I've collected like multiple through and we put in the bookshelf and leave there, I actually started taking them out and looking through them. <laughs> like, because a lot of us have all these art books and we get them and they kind of just sit there as like decoration but like actually start yeah. going through there's a lot of stuff in there that really helps so it's it was a combination of like looking through books um watching shows like I watch like there's so many shows out there it's unbelievable uh, but I was just start looking at shows that like would inspire me or give me some ideas of this fun stuff um and then even being on Zoom and bouncing ideas off people, like seeing what other people are doing, helping other people out on their projects. Like one of the things I learned as an animator was like helping out other people actually helps you become a better animator. I think the same thing can be said about anything. If you help people, you know, giving feedback on people's art or you know, you know, asking them you know why they did this, it also helps you learn and see also into their brain and how they're thinking, and they might say something that might spark an idea in your head. So I think just you know, speaking with people, helping people, and just looking at other people's art, I think that really helps me get my ideas. And then also having kids telling me what great anime is, <laughs> what great, and what shows they think's amazing is also very interesting too. It's like, this is what you guys watch? Exactly, like, yes. <laughs> but this is horrible, but like, they're like, exactly. no, you don't know, like, you're not cool, you're old, you don't know what's cool. And I'm like, really? Um, so that's also, Another thing, learning from my kids what they think is great and amazing. 
Yeah. And so uh, coming back to connections, like you met, you men you uh, mentioned um, like running ideas through people and helping people. So um, would you just, how would you get in touch with anyone or just like, I assume, of course you have already uh, a large circle of friends in the industry. Yeah. So one of the things um, when you are going through school, like the, one of the most important things that may not be stressed is like the people that you meet or your classmates, like, those are people that you're probably going to see down the road in the future, like, you're going to see them, so always try and surround yourself with, you know, different kinds of students and people that you meet, and keep in contact with them, and really start to, like, bounce ideas, like, don't be scared to show them, you know, your work, don't be scared to ask them to look at their work, and give feedback, and ideas, and thoughts, so that's usually how I would do it, or there's even times where, like, um, I, I might not know, like, you know, animator, but I know he's a great animator. I would sometimes just reach out to them, like, to say, hey, Mr. Like, I know, like, uh, once um, I wrote an, an email to, like, Jamar Bradley, he's a, you know, Disney animator, Dreamworks animator, um, amazing animator. And it's times I'll just reach out to him once in a while to say, hey, you know, ask him a question. What do you think about doing this? Or how would you go about doing this? And, you know, most times, you know, you know, most artists animators will, you know, help you or answer you or they'll send you down a path that can get you that help. And that's something like, you know, just reaching out politely because at the end of the day, they are also busy, but like sometimes just, you know, reaching out and just saying, hey, and just telling them your, your situation or your story and what you like to learn. Um, they're usually, you know, you know, give you some kind of feedback or finding some kind of forum or art, like, like yeah. art forum. Yeah, no, amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I, I think in general, artists are not like people are nice to each other. It's just, yeah. I think it sometimes may feel awkward that, oh, I'm like putting myself out there or like um, messaging someone, but why do I message them? And yeah. <laughs> maybe they're busy. It's, yeah, I mean, and, and, and sometimes just like when I always say, what's the worst that can happen? They don't reply. And then that's it. You just just move on. Like exactly, that's the worst that could happen. But if you don't even try, then you like you haven't even given yourself the opportunity to fail. And failure is something that will happen. And you just got to be able to like uh, bounce back from it and learn yeah. from it. Yeah. And if you haven't failed yet, if you haven't failed yet, you're also kind of stunting your growth. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Or maybe you're just preparing, preparing yourself for like a bigger failure, which is like yes. a little bit worse. <laughs> exactly. like finally failed. <laughs> I, I take my failures in small doses. <laughs> Not a huge one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, it sounds a little bit more manageable. Wow. Cool. Um, Leon, it's been a huge uh, conversation on uh, side gigs. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Um, but before I let you go, um, we've got a little tradition. Okay. We've got a little tradition on the podcast. Um, yeah. There is a little questionnaire of like 10 questions and you're allowed okay. a, a few words to, to each question. Okay. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. So, well, what's your number one tip for combating distractions when working from home? Um, my number one tip is don't do research. 
um, research is a, what someone told me is a creator's um, fascination. Don't do research, just put something on paper. Anything, awesome. put a line on paper, just put something on paper. Awesome. What's your favorite tradition or holiday? My favorite tradition or holiday is probably um, my favorite tradition is watching, you know, watching a TV, watching Harry Potter with my kids. So we do a marathon every Christmas. We watch, you know, all the Harry Potters over Christmas. So that's probably my favorite thing that I do. <laughs> we did the same. This is so crazy. Mine still cannot sleep. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, probably we one year that. too early <laughs> no. i tried that with gremlins and they were not ready for gremlins so i'm, I'm <laughs> one. i love that uh what's your favorite way to get in some exercise um actually i exercise every single day i'm a big calisthenics i'm an ex-athlete so yeah okay um, i wake up every morning and just work out so anything whether it's doing push-up i have a pull-up bar in my in my home and i do um, the art of body weights so yeah oh my god okay that's yeah i'm one. asking an, an ex-athlete yeah that's for sure yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay okay <laughs> do you still play by the way do you still play basketball i don't play basketball i filled that void with climbing and newly uh, roller skating i somehow now i'm a roller skater now uh funnily okay. enough like, i enjoy so yeah and a, and a practicing parkour person yes uh, i haven't done that in a while with that well in the last the covid uh, and then one of the best gyms we had just closed um just a couple months ago which is kind of sad but um yeah one day i want to get back out there and start jumping stuff yeah yeah well i'm sure you will um <laughs> what's your most used emoji huh. i actually don't i think I guess the, the the laughing with the tears. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm emoji illiterate, uh, so that's okay. the only one I might go to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your source of inspiration? I think my source of inspiration is, I think, just the art community. I think just seeing that things are being created, like, that's my inspiration, that people are still creating and still trying to do original ideas. So, um, I, mean, that, I mean, that might sound like a bit, like, really sappy answer but that's true yeah. my inspiration is just seeing like new things being created and people exploring awesome uh what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given my best piece of advice is use them as much as they use you and that was from <laughs> that was from Clive Allen my basketball mentor who got me into basketball and said so when you're going to go to the states and go to college use them as much as they use you All right. Wow. That's very profound. <laughs> um, how do you celebrate little victories? That is a, I read, that's a very interesting one. Like, do I even celebrate little victories? Um, how do I celebrate them? I think actually what I do do, I show people. So if I've like, you know, if I've, you know, if I've done a rock or I've animated something or I feel like, oh, this is good. I'll show someone just to make sure it is good. <laughs> And then if, if they do get a good reaction, like that's kind of like how I celebrate it or maybe I get some feedback. But yeah, I think by showing people because you can be get caught up in your own world. So yeah, showing people what I've done. Awesome. If you could see one movie again for the first time, which one would you watch? Mm -hmm. Probably 
probably it's a hard one. I'm, I'm gonna go with Akira, Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. It took me forever to watch that movie, and when I watched it, I was blown away, and I was upset that I hadn't seen it earlier. Wow. Okay, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yeah. If you could choose any two famous people to have dinner with, who would you invite? This is a tough one. Famous people. But they can be dead as well. Doesn't matter. Um, famous person probably um, I want to say Nelson Mandela. Wait, is he dead? Was he alive? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He can be invited, or yeah, but doesn't matter yeah. if he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. So Nelson Mandela be one, and then a second one would be oh Akira Kurosawa. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, you know, to pick, to pick his brain like way ahead of his time. So yeah. Those okay. Two. Awesome. And finally, uh, what's your backup career? I think I'm working on it right now is uh, being a writer. Although I always said if I wasn't an artist, I'd probably be a shouting monk because I love martial arts. Okay, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Well, that's it. That's been 10. Um, Leon, thanks so much again for, you know, just uh, coming and sharing everything. I think it's been really really um you know just uh detailed and very interesting conversation i really enjoyed meeting you as well oh thank you i really appreciate you inviting me i enjoyed the talk and looking forward to seeing a lot more of your posts and interviews sure thank you so much bye take care Bye. if you're watching this on youtube that would be amazing if you could share what are your ultimate side hustles right here in the comments and if you're listening to this in the audio format you can head over to podcast in itunes and give us a review and also tell us what you learned because guys we're doing this podcast for you i'm going to be very honest when you leave us reviews we clap all together as a team so thank you so much for listening and again a quick reminder likeness weeks at art heroes we're showing how to make a likeness in 3d in zbrush so www.artheroes.co and uh, grab your free slot at the workshops this and next week thanks again and i'll be back with you with a new interview and a new artist in a week right ciao thanks for listening to art heroes podcast check out www.artheroes.co for show notes more interviews and free tools made for you by our team of mentors tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work hero Mm-hmm.